It is Monday the 25th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee, you have a teenager in the house. It's the second birthday in a week's time, mate. My oldest daughter, Zara, turns 13 today, mate. So I've got a teenage girl now living in the household. Wish me luck, son. Yeah, oh, you, mate, you've got all my best wishes on board. I've had a teenager here for a couple of years. But um, the sushi train last week, does it step up this week? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Zara's got plenty of plans. She's been up since 5 o'clock again this morning. So I've been opening presents, trying to do research for uh, the Afternoon Sport podcast. But um, we'll get there, Timmy. It should be a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Many happy returns to Zara turning 13 today. Now, in cricket, not a good look. A heated confrontation. We'll have a look at that. Justin Langer and his prediction for the rest of this World Cup. We've got Drama in league, we've got retirement in AFL, it's all happening. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy, as they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Now, it was a narrow win for the Australians, Shane, uh, over South Africa. Of course, they wobbled a bit with the bat, but they got there. We did, mate. Um, we kept South Africa to 9 for 118. Um, Hazelwood, very good, 2 for 19 off his 4, and, and Young Zampa taking 2 for 21 off his 4. Uh, but in reply, the Aussies were, were 3 for 38, mate. Finch out for 0. Warner, who everyone's been looking at, mate, um, got 14, which is which is high score for a while. Uh, Mitch Marsh, only 11. But it was Steve Smith and um, and Maxwell that sort of steered the ship. Uh, Steve Smith ending up with 35 or 34 balls. and But it was Marcus Stoinis that got us home in the end, mate. We still needed about 18 runs off the last two overs, and Stoinis hit a few decent boundaries and got us home. But uh, a tight win, but a, but a very good win by the Aussies. And Coach Justin Langer saying that he expects this kind of low-scoring match to be a bit of a template for the entire T20 World Cup. Yeah, I'm not sure if I really believe that. It's going to be some very, very hot um, days over there um, in Abu Dhabi. And it's going to be very, very uh, fast um, outfield as well. So I think you'll see some bigger scores. But saying that, um, Justin Lang, I look very, very happy with that win. Big guy, what about this blow-up? Talk about heat. Mm. Like, that was that was interesting. Tell us about this one. Well, Sri Lanka took on Bangladesh. Sri Lanka winning the match, um, keeping Bangladesh to 4-171. But it was... Um, it was the Bangladeshis that put on a bit of an opening stand and their mm. opening bowler, uh, I think it was Manara, he um, he ended up throwing the ball back at the Bangladeshi opening batsman uh, and they got a wicket next over and but basically followed the, the batsman off, the Bangladeshi batsman off, and they were face-to-face screaming at each other. So it was really, really high tensions there in that, in that T20 match. You know, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh have a bit of a history um, and Bangladesh are playing a lot better these days. So, yeah, it's a lot of passion happening in this T20 World Cup already. Yeah, it was it was a 
quite a story that Sri Lanka had to sort of qualify, wasn't it, really? Yeah, big time. And um, look, that, they have been a great cricketing nation you know, since the 1996 World Cup when they beat us uh, in the final over in um, Pakistan. But um, yeah, they've, they've had to really fight to come back and they're, they're sort of in a rebuilding phase and, and obviously feeling the pressure. Yeah, I was over there in Lahore. Of course, you were as well. Mm. Now, a couple of uh, WBBL matches. This Sophie Devine, uh, boy, she smashes the ball for the Scorchers and at least Perry back in the runs for Sydney Sixers. Yeah, Devine, she's got 101 of 60 balls. That's her third um, WBBL uh, 100 already. Um, yeah, an amazing win. Um, they, their opening batsman put on 173, their opening partnership. Mm. Um, brilliant, as you said. The um, And then the Sixers, uh, look, they, they, they lost to the Melbourne Renegades. Um, Sophie Molinay, the, the probably the best of the bowl and, and the captain of the Renegades, sort of leading the way. And, and, and Elise Perry scoring 50 as well, sort of, but to no avail. But uh, yeah, the Melbourne Renegades getting the chocolates there. What about that umpiring decision? Look, I remember when we used to umpire when you were playing in a game. Mm. You probably never played that level of cricket because you're always at umpires. But at my level of cricket, you know, your brother might be out at square leg and and your teammate might be <laughs> um, behind the stumps. But this umpire changed his mind. Yep. Uh, you know, I've, um, I've been married for 16 years. That happens quite a bit to me. <laughs> Thank God she doesn't listen to the podcast. Might have to send her a copy. Please don't do that. Yeah, but that that is a, that is quite bizarre, isn't it? That an umpire would just change it mid-flight. Yeah, definitely, mate. And um, yeah, it just goes to show. Look, I don't mind that happening if it's the right decision that's going to be made eventually. But I'm not sure whether it was in this situation. Yeah, and it's usually that first move is always the correct one. Yeah. Now, Tim Sheens. No, no, he's not the coach of West Tigers. He's the director of. Of rugby league, but he's he's come out uh, publicly slamming untrue speculation about Luke Brooks and his future at the Tigers. An interesting one, this. Yeah, he's really good on the front foot, isn't he? And uh, Maguire, who's had a very uh, different season, I suppose, and um, sort of being really quiet in the background. I'm sure he's not liking this personally, but Tim Sheen's really getting on the front foot, saying Luke Brooks, the number seven, 26 year old. Um, was potentially in talks with Newcastle, um, and whether Pierce potentially goes over and plays Super League, he may fill his spot there. But he said he's going nowhere. Luke Brooks will stay at the Tigers. He's contracted to, to 2023. Yeah, there's a few uh, rumours going around. There was even some speculation that Luke Brock, Brooks might end up at Canterbury as well, with mm. dramas going on over there. So we'll have to watch this space with interest. Generally, when there's smoke, there's fire. But uh, he's been there quite yeah. a while. Luke Brooks might just be the best thing for him. This is me. Personally speaking, I remember calling him as a as a schoolboy, and he was a he was the next best thing. Andrew John saying this guy played like I played, and he just haven't he just hasn't met that potential at all. Now the RLPA it supported the NRL COVID nineteen vaccine policy, saying that everyone should get it. There's a few players like Luke Thompson at Canterbury and a few others that are are pushing back, but it may be uh, that they don't have contracts. No, and um, the rugby league not necessarily following in the same footsteps as, as the AFL, but um, they're sort of saying that that may change towards the start of the season. So, yeah, that's sort of they're sort of um, just trying to be in line with the rest of the government um, policies at the moment. So, rugby league sort of sitting on the fence there, not as bullish as the AFL. Yeah, but it's pretty obvious what's going to happen, isn't it? It's, yeah, sure. You, you can read the tea leaves. So yep. uh, you can hear it in the clubs. You can hear it in their language. Now, AFL Western Bulldogs Premiership Captain Easton. Would this surprise me? He's announced his retirement. Yeah, he, he, look, he's, he's been a fantastic footballer, a Premiership winning captain, 188 games, um, but has to retire at the age of 32. Um Seeing some footage and um, re- reading about him on the weekend, he tore his hamstring 21 times. 
um, which a lot of times to, to tear your hamstrings, particularly as a, a defender and a midfielder. Um, and he sort of said, whilst he's been able to manage those injuries, he just lost a bit of pace and he can't jump as high anymore. And being a defender slash midfielder, um, that doesn't put him in, in, in a good stead. So he said he'd rather go out on his own terms than being flicked personally himself. It doesn't happen very often in sport these days. Most no. most people just play until their whole body falls apart because they want the coin. So we wish him all the very, very best going forward. Now, the Wallabies, five in a row. This has been quite some time. It wasn't the world's best win against Japan, but they got the chocolates. And, um, yeah, Dave Rennie, he's got them moving in the right direction ahead of this tour of the United Kingdom. He does. Um, as you said, they beat the Japanese. That's five times in a row now. They, they got home 32 to 23. Uh, but Rennie sort of said the performance was frustrating from his own perspective. Um, mm. Andrew Merton's the the All Black great um, sort of said they t- they've taken two steps backwards here with this match. But um, look, you can only win. So you know mm. the, the, that's five. That's five straight wins. That's five they're, straight they're, wins. They've yeah. had five in a row, like South Africa. They've had some difficult teams. So yeah. Yeah, as you say, you can only get the chocolates. You can only get the points, yep. can't you? you definitely, and and that's it, Timmy. But um, and I still think that they want to sort of polish up. I think they were most disappointed about their second half was pretty pretty poor. So, um, but look, they'll go away and learn from that, and and hopefully keep improving. What about Manchester United? Absolutely towelled up by Liverpool. Have you ever heard a score like this? Liverpool five nil beating Man United. It's a it's a it's a scoreline you don't expect to see between those two teams, Timmy. So yeah. Five 0 to Liverpool. It was um, it was an absolute flogging. What you do expect to see is big money being paid to David Beckham. He signed <laughs> a, he signed this controversial two hundred and seventy seven million dollar endorsement deal. Two hundred and seventy seven million dollars uh, to become the face of the Qatar uh, Football World Cup. Um, yeah, you're, you're looking at a country with really a really poor human rights record. But mm. um, yeah, David Beckham uh, will potentially change that. He said he's going to try. And, and make um, Qatar itself be more progressive, um, particularly towards uh, women's rights as well and, and getting them involved in sports. So, mate, I think you'll say anything for $277 million. That's a massive endorsement. That is huge. Gets you a long way on the ferry, wouldn't it? Now, Daniel Ricciardo, this is super weird, this yarn. He's been up and down like the proverbial at uh, McLaren. But there's some uh, sort of uh, story going around Formula One, and apparently it's true that he gets his bosses to get a tattoo. Uh, uh, McLaren boss Zach Brown has got this tattoo honouring uh, Daniel Ricciardo, but you know, I, I wonder what he's done to honour it at this point. Well, I'm, I'm not sure, Timmy. We, we actually did this when we were at the New South Wales cricket team. We were sponsored by the mm. um, the RTA, the Speed Blitz Blues, and we convinced the marketing manager that if we actually won the double, which we did, he had to get a tattoo of the Speed Blitz Blues on his on his butt, <laughs> and he did. So, so it does happen, Timmy. Oh my goodness gracious <laughs> me! What a couple of drinks will do. Um, <laughs> Now, Serena Williams, now this is this was sad, wasn't it? Um, watching her do this media conference, um, physiotherapist uh, that she's been so close to for a long, long time. It's an insidious disease, pancreatic cancer, and uh, she found it very difficult to talk about the fact that her physio had been diagnosed with uh, this awful illness. Yeah, Esther Lee, who's been her, like she's one of her best friends and physio. Well, she was a physio to both the, the Williams sisters, um, but yeah, suffering uh, pancreatic cancer, mate, and we all know... That is not a good one to get. So um, yeah, it was really, really sad. And it was tough to watch. She couldn't, she couldn't continue her ninety-second uh, social media, uh, I suppose, shout out um, to a good friend. So um, yeah, it was tough to watch the twenty-three-time Grand Slam champion go through that. 
Yeah, awfully difficult, awfully difficult. Mm. Now, this is a real change of pace, of course. We're in the middle of the Spring Carnival. We head to the Golden Eagle in uh, in Sydney on Saturday. We have Derby Day in Melbourne. And uh, I think ha- having conversations with people in Melbourne, they're just so happy that they're going to get 5,000 people there for Derby Day, 10,000 for the Melbourne Cup. There was a protest in the Cox Plate on Saturday. Did you have anything on it, on anything in the Cox Plate? No, I didn't actually, Timmy. And I missed the race. And I'm sort of coming up, up to terms with, but it was state of Rest, um, they that was upheld, wasn't it? But um, I don't think the decision went the right way, did it? Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it was an interesting finish. I was on very elegant, so I didn't really care too much. He was right. very elegant, was out of the money. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, it's just nice to see that things are wobbling back into shape. I think with crowds mm. and racing in Sydney and Melbourne, both superb at this time of the year. All right, finally, let's um, let's get into our nostalgic mode. Let's. Put our smoking jacket on, Shane, and talk about a story from the past. What happened with you and you guys? We're seeing this cricket in Abu Dhabi, and it's hot, hot, hot. The temperatures are mm. boiling. Um, not dissimilar to when you and your fellow New South Wales Blues or your New South Wales uh, teammates went in and did a hot yoga session. Tell me. <laughs> we did pre-season. It was some place um, in Neutral Bay, I think it's Bikram Yoga, um, where it, it's you, you do yoga at over 40-odd degrees um, where you sweat profusely. Um, we got in there, and you can imagine a New South Wales uh, bunch of young blokes doing it, and uh, we had a female uh, girl t- as a yoga teacher. Um, where, as she went into the, the first downward dog of, of the session, she let go the biggest fart I've ever heard of my life. <laughs> well, just one just slipped out, the poor girl. Anyway, she tried to um, regain sort of uh, some control over the group, but we, we laughed for the next 40 minutes <laughs> until she finally walked out. So... Yes, it wasn't one of the best sessions I've ever been in, but uh, I still laugh today thinking of that poor girl letting one slide. No good. Yeah, yeah, they happen, and it's almost like an instruction before you go into do a yoga class. Now, if you hear someone <laughs> fart, don't laugh. But I remember I've only done like one or two, but one, the, my final session was when I did it with a mate of mine, and he let the ripper go, and I had to break pose because I was erupting so much. There's so many nice little funny yoga session stories because uh, we were over in India once, and uh, another guy that we were working with went down to a yoga session. He came back, and he was talking to me over breakfast. He goes, it was really interesting. This morning, now the yoga teacher said, "Now this pose here, very good, very good for your cock and your balls. Very, very good." <laughs> so he he had to break pose himself. Jeez, I might have to look that one up online, Timmy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the fart this poor girl did—it was like she put her toe through the bed sheet, mate. It was that loud. Well, the borders are open. You might have to head to, head to Chennai. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, wonderful sponsors in Maine Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care.